The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Away we go. It's another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Editor's Show. I'm the editor-in-chief of ArrowheadPride.com, Pete Sweeney. Joined for the first time, I think, in Editor's Show history, right, John? Live. Yeah, I think so, yeah. I, my... I've been here for all of them. I haven't been done this yet, so yeah. Yeah, we're, we are live, and I'm joined by my esteemed deputy editor, John Dixon, and it comes to you on the last day of August, and there's a very good reason that we're live on Twitter and YouTube and Facebook and whatnot. And that's because, I think for the first time ever, right, this did not come on Labor Day weekend. It's the 53-man mm-hmm. roster yeah. cut down. We finally have our Chiefs' initial 53-man roster, and it's a good feeling because this is about the last step of the preseason before we get to what is the regular season. Now, John, before we get into the position groups, which we will, it's important to note that this could change over the next coming days. I I think will change. Um, You know, there's a couple, I think we're going to see some players move to IR uh, here in the next day or so. And some guys who were released are going to be back on the roster. So sometimes when we're talking about guys, we didn't expect to see, uh, miss the roster they're going to be back uh and then there could be some other moves too. players get released from other teams and brought to the chiefs we've seen this happen before so it's still going to be a little fluid here for at least a few days there's some juggling of the roster we'll keep you updated at arrowheadpride.com what john mentioned about the injured reserve it's very simple if you're placed on injured reserve prior to the 53 man cut down you have never heard anybody year. call this simple. Yeah, well, <laughs> this particular part of it, right, is simple. <laughs> if you're placed on injury reserve prior to the 53, you are right. done for the year. So right. we did not see uh, that happen. Now, we right. have a couple of players that are dealing with injuries. We know Kyle Long is starting on the PUP. That means he is done for the first six weeks. I had that lower leg injury, missed all of training camp. We'll have to get back into football shape once he's able to go. So that one makes sense. Probably watching two other offensive linemen in Laurent Duvenet Tardif, who we believe is dealing with a hand injury. Austin Blythe is dealing with sports hernia surgery. So they make the initial 53, even though they're injured, because they have to make it to be on the temporary injured reserve. Now, after you make the 53, if you're placed on the injured reserve, you can be back in three weeks. We actually saw this last year with 
Chad Henney. He was injured, couldn't right. go, and he made the initial 53-man roster and then was placed on injured reserve and was able to come back later in the year. Maybe it's actually the year before that I'm thinking of, John. Yeah, um, they, they'll they're all a blur now. Right. They all we didn't have that more on the club last year. All right. So let's get into the bones of this. If you enjoy the Arrowhead Pride uh, podcast network and you're listening on the podcast uh, channel, I always say, please rate it and review us. If you're live. All right. Enough already. Let's get into this roster. Yeah. And we'll start with the quarterback position. And this was about the easiest one to predict. Andy Reid back in the day used to go I would say almost religiously, it was part of his routine to have three quarterbacks in the roster. He has since changed that in mm-hmm. recent years and only goes with two with the third quarterback being on the practice squad. John, we get Patrick Mahomes and Chad Henney. Uh, no one thought this was going in a different direction. No, there was some uh, discussion about whether Shane Bouchelle might make it on to the yep. roster just because he had been impressive enough in preseason. There'd be concerned that he would He was the king. He, he, yeah. he the yeah. two minute drill to win that game. But yeah. no, you, you didn't need to put him. It, it would players will typically, if they're on the fringe, make it if there's a risk. Right. As great as a preseason as Bouchelle had, we didn't really see a risk in him being waived, which is why he'll well, likely end up on the practice squad. After all, he is an undrafted free agent. You're just right. not going to see a whole lot of those guys get plucked uh, onto a team directly onto their and- added uh, active roster, I might add, which is one of the things that you have to do if you pick up a uh, a player on waivers. So, um, you know, to get to put a guy like that on your roster – he played well, and uh, there was uh, competition to get him as an undrafted free agent. The Chiefs gave him a $175,000 signing bonus, after all. So um, he would be one guy you'd think about maybe picking up if you're another team, but the odds are against it, and that's why the Chiefs did what they did here. This was, again, as easy as a room to predict, considering the fact that Anthony Gordon was released a week ago, mm-hmm. right, yeah. as well. And so we just really knew how this was going to go. John, we'll move on to the running back position and sorry, man, where where, where we didn't know where this was going to go. (laughs) Your personal, I would say favorite chief to cover over, I guess the last few years, Darwin Thompson, uh, the chiefs end up waving him instead, keeping Clyde Edwards, Alaire, Daryl Williams uh, and Jarek McKinnon. Your thoughts on this room. Uh, I'm surprised we don't have four running backs, but then when I look at see uh, the players they they kept and got rid of and the issues they have with injured players, they nearly couldn't afford to have more than three. Um, so, and they do have a fullback uh, that we talked about several times, and he can always be a running back. Uh, Anthony Sherman fulfilled that role a few times while he was the Chiefs running back. So, I think we could see Michael Burton do the same thing uh, in an emergency situation. And, and yes, for me, it's painful to see Darwin Thompson go. But uh, as I've said several times on this show, uh, I've never had any illusions about his ability to stay on the team for a long time. I just like the guy personally. Love his attitude. I'm curious about what happens with Thompson because I don't mm-hmm. see him necessarily getting claimed. And mm-hmm. I wonder where he ends up when it comes to the favor of the Chiefs. If the Chiefs are done with the Darwin Thompson experiment, they won't bring him to the practice squad. But I think it's very possible that he may end up there. Uh, Jarek McKinnon just looks too impressive, and he has too mm-hmm. many years under yeah. his belt, and he looks fully recovered from that injury. I think a big key there was special teams. He mm-hmm. just had a willingness to play special teams. That was something I had the opportunity to ask Dave Tobe about, the idea of McKinnon 
playing special teams. And Tobe said, yeah, even though he's a veteran, you could tell that he really enjoys it. And I think he projects as a closer similarity to what would be a Clyde Edwards-Alaire, where you you see Clyde Edwards-Alaire and his growth potentially in the past game this year. I think McKinnon probably is a better fit for that, more so than Daryl Williams. Daryl Williams is that third down pass protecting back, sort of a bruiser type. And so I understand why the Chiefs went with McKinnon. The big shocker here, they got rid of the Dale, Gale Sayers comparison. <laughs> Derek Gore has been uh, waived uh, by the Chiefs. And I know that he became, at the end of the preseason, they're quite a fan favorite as to, man, this Gore kid can make the roster. I think this is going to be someone the Chiefs will definitely be interested in having on that practice squad. And you don't know what can happen in the running back position. Clyde Edwards-Alaire got hurt for the last three games last year. He was hurt during the playoffs. He's hurt right now. And not to say that he won't be back, but what I'm saying is injuries do happen sure. in the running back room. Uh, Daryl Williams, we believe, is just coming out of the concussion protocol, for example. We saw Jarek McKinnon and Darwin Thompson really be the one-two toward the end of the preseason there. So Derek Gore doesn't make the initial roster, but I think he remains someone to remember if there are injuries to the running back room later this year. I think there's two historical precedents to look at here uh, for these two players. For uh, for Darwin Thompson, the historical precedent is Chargandrick West, who came back to the team several times uh, after his initial departure, uh, and and you know performed fairly well in those roles when the Chiefs needed help in the running back room. I think we could see Thompson come back in those kinds of circumstances. I'm happy that you didn't say C.J. Spiller because we yeah. do not want to see. <laughs> Yeah, the other precedent, I the think... C.J. Spiller for, scenario for poor Derek Gore. Yeah, the, the precedent for Gore, I think, is is um, uh, is more Elijah McGuire, who also was a, a Chiefs running back this year. The Chiefs have had him on the practice squad a few times, hope to develop him into a good running back, just as they have with other players, like one we'll get to here in a little bit. Uh, and I think that's something that they would like to do with a player like Derek Gore. Yeah, poor McGuire got hurt toward the end of that preseason yeah. game, and we won't see him. Another point about this, I, I think congratulations to Daryl Williams because even though McKinnon makes this roster, like I said, I think he's more of a, a comp, uh, a guy that can give Clyde rest. I think Daryl Williams is finally getting to be that third down back, might be mm -hmm. the best pass, pass protector among them. And in other years, he had LaShawn McCoy enter right. the, the yeah. fold. He had Levy and Bell enter the fold and what did those guys do except take his opportunity and really set it back and, and set it further into the future. And so I think Daryl Williams finally getting that opportunity. That's a good moment for him. And man, Pete, why are you so dumb? Why did you think that Andy Reid wasn't going to have a full back? <laughs> what a dumb projection. <laughs> I'm never doing it again. I'm telling you right now, here we are August 31st. I will never, I will never ever make a projection on this website for Andy Reid, that does not include a fullback. Michael Burton uh, makes the team. And we saw at the beginning of the preseason, he was blocking for Clyde. Really, that was part of the reason he had that 10-yard game to even start the preseason. Yes, mm -hmm. it was the offensive yeah. line, but Michael Burton was there. So we say goodbye to Sausage. You agree here. We probably see Burton for, what, six to ten offensive plays a game and then among the special teams. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, it's sort of the same role that, uh, that Anthony Sherman had. He might actually get a little more use than that. Because uh, because he's younger, 
Uh, you know, I think Anthony right. Sherman was getting to the point that uh, they didn't want to use him quite that often on offense. His his snap counts were steadily declining over time. And uh, uh, so I think there's a chance we could see him used more often uh, in this particular Chiefs offense. Burton originally played college football at Rutgers, which is gritty. Mm-hmm. A 2015 fifth rounder originally bounced around, and now he is with the Chiefs. All right, let's go to the wide receiver room, which I, I felt like brought some intrigue here, more so than maybe we had bargained for. The Chiefs, and on the initial roster, they only keep the five wide receivers. Tyree Kill, McCole Hardman, Byron Pringle, Demarcus Robinson, all to be expected. But if I named those four, and I said, John, the Chiefs kept five, You'd probably say that that was Marcus Kemp as the fifth, but it's not. Darius Fountain ends up making the team, uh, which uh, I thought was really interesting. And the other part of this that's obvious, I'll let you comment here, is the fact that Brett Veach uh, is the first time that I can recall that he gave up on a pick, fifth rounder in Cornell Pal, in the year that he drafted that player. And so to me, a couple of unprecedented things happened in the wide receiver room today. Yeah, uh, and one of them being Marcus Kemp probably making the 53 ultimately because he's he's had right. trouble doing that. And I think that that is the way this is going to play out when we get a couple of players off the roster to go to injured reserve. Marcus Kemp is going to be one of the guys who shows up. The on number the is light. I, I believe the Chiefs yeah. want to have six receivers, right. so I agree with you. And a friend of our site, uh, Matt Derrick of Chiefs Digest, is well-connected with Kemp. Uh, he noted that, I, it, it seems like from the Kemp camp, you'll <laughs> say that with me. They believe that he will be a rostered player on this team, right? Darius Fountain really looked good. Um, yeah, and I, you did. know, I, I think the Chiefs didn't want to take a chance with Fountain out there on the open market or anything like that, or available to other teams, uh, and they go and keep him a 2018. A uh, guy's been in the league for a couple of years now. I believe he first entered the league as a fifth rounder and has been working kind of like Kemp, a little bit lesser talked about, but just been trying to knock on the door and find a place. And you could tell he came to camp uh, with something to to prove here. I believe we talked to it was uh, Joe Blymeyer, the new wide receivers coach. And what perked my ears up during training camp was the idea that Blymeyer said, he's there right now. He just has to keep showing it, keep showing it, keep showing mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And maybe I didn't put enough stock into it at the time. It was our first time getting Blymeyer. You got to see what you get from these assistant coach. No, sure. some, no offense to Joe. <laughs> if you're watching now, yeah, uh, you did a great, it was great for the media, by the way. But um, no, what I'll say is uh, they knew fountain was showing out in the beginning and he just continued with that effort and continued and continued and continued. He did it in the games, which is the football. That's always the most important. A guy can work out. A guy can practice. If he's performing in the games, that's what, that's what matters. And uh, lo and behold, he's the fifth and final roster uh, rostered wide receiver on this team on cut down day. Yeah. Uh, you know, one of the things I think is interesting about this is that a lot of fans uh, take it as a negative about a GM. If they refuse to get rid of a player just because they have draft capital in them. And sometimes in a situation like this, fans will say, oh, well, this just proves that Veach is willing to admit to a mistake. And that might be what's going on. Or what might happen is that Powell will end up on the practice squad because he's not quite ready yet. And a year or two from now, he's going to be a guy that's going to be a starter for the Chiefs. So this could go a couple of different ways. I think there's a single team that could potentially claim Powell, and that's the Jacksonville Jaguars to – 
pair him with Trevor Lawrence. And Urban Meyer likes to do weird things. We've already known right, that in the right. these several couple <laughs> weeks or whatever we've been yeah. dealing with him already. Uh, and to you know pair him with his college quarterback, and you got to think that Lawrence and Meyer are looking at the waiver wire and saying, okay, you know, could Pal work with us? Do I expect it to happen? I'd put my expectancy at like a three, but you never know. I, you really just never know with how these things go. Uh, and they they had Tebow in camp. I understand right. he got released at the 85 minutes, so, but they can do anything. Uh, but that would be right. the only team that would give me any pause with claiming Powell. We'll see if it happens. Uh, yeah. But we do expect at this point, right? We expect Kemp to be uh, a receiver on this team in some point in the next couple of days. We'll keep you updated on that at arrowheadpride.com. And I do expect Powell uh, to be on the practice squad and see if he can develop. It just didn't seem like uh, the Andy Reid offense was um, something that he was learning fast enough. He was not performing in the games. He was playing with the third and fourth team. So the writing was on the wall. Tough because the Chiefs drafted him and then immediately were saying things. And this was scouts who scouted him. So you got to remember that. But they're saying, well, he, you know, he could potentially be um, a, a Sammy Watkins type player. That now more projects to what Pringle and Robinson bring to the table, maybe even Fountain. And I think the Chiefs offense will just look a little different with Hardman being what I consider to be that fourth option behind a Hill, a Kelsey, and a Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Yeah, and also, um, I think that uh, this is going to be a circumstance where it's going to depend a lot on what he can do outside of developing as a member of the Chiefs. You know, Garrick Dieter has been on this team for several years, and what people normally say about it is because you know, he's Patrick Mahomes buddy, but that really isn't it. Uh, I think it's, it's out from the outside looking in, it's real easy to think of a, for us to think of the practice squad as just being a place where backup players exist, but you always have to remember that the practice squad also exists to have players available for practice. And it may be that they have seen in Powell, something that they had in Dieter as a guy who at this point in his career can play a lot of different roles on a scout team yeah. uh, against the defense, you know, play different kinds of receivers, do different kinds of roles, and that that will be good experience for Powell to develop in the league. So I think it's important to remember that the practice squad is the practice squad, not just backup players for the main roster. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. And again, we'll, be announcing the practice squad when we have it. We'll have a tracker going up once these waivers are over and whatnot on arrowheadpride.com. Let's continue with the offense. Andy Reid, for the second in as many years, decided to keep four tight ends. Let's go back to a year from from before. Travis Kelsey, Nick Kaiser, Dion Yelder, and Ricky Seals-Jones. And you put them in a Survivor Series-style matchup against these four. Travis Kelsey, <laughs> Blake Bell, Jody Forsen and Noah Gray, my goodness, the come up of the tight end room is real. A way better room um, than what was just a year ago at this cutdown. And I think a lot has to do with Blake Bell coming back, probably the best blocking tight end on this team. They go and draft Noah Gray, who got a lot of love at the beginning camp, and mm -hmm. then it tapered off a little bit. But Jody Forsen, uh, third year in, one of the better stories on this team right now yeah. was pound and pound and pound and pound. And you saw it today during the press conference. We have an article up right now. Ron Kopp beautifully did. But Jody Fortson 
uh, makes his team. And he made the decision really difficult on the Chiefs. And I think that's part of the reason, John, why um, you don't have Darwin Thompson uh, left anymore. It's because of what Jody Fortson was able to prove both at practice and scrimmages and then ultimately the games. Yeah. Now here's, I have a question though. If this is a survivor game, is there going to be a redemption Island? We need to know this. John, you, come on. The, you're showing that you don't, you didn't watch WWF back in the day. The survivor series <laughs> is a, oh, is the only a survivor series I know about is on CBS. Yeah. So. I went out of play out last. No, <laughs> I, look, this group would win either competition. It could be survivor <laughs> on CBS or WWF. A no, survivor that's series. But the Survivor Series in WWF that I was referring to is a battle four on four. Oh, if you get yeah, pinned, well. you're out. It's kind of like Survivor on CBS. So okay. There's, there's an elimination part of it. Uh, Kelsey would be the sole survivor in both of these teams. Yeah. But it doesn't yeah. matter. The rest of the team is just way, way better this year. And it's so much more upside in Bell, Fortson, and Gray than Kaiser Yelder. Yeah, absolutely. Seals absolutely. Jones had, who never even was a part of this team, seemingly. Well, he he felt like last year just as a guy that they would have in their back pocket in case Kelsey was hurt. That right. he if, if Kelsey was hurt, they would uh, activate Seals Jones to the active roster uh, and and make him active on game days. He did he did I think ultimately go onto the practice squad once or twice over the course of the season. Right, and uh, I think that was in the postseason actually. Now that I think about it, but um, I think that was just a guy that they had in their back pocket as somebody who could replace some of Kelsey's production um, in a pinch. But I think what we saw in the preseason game the other night, where we actually had one four personnel, that is one running back and four tight ends on the field at once, and the play resulted in a touchdown. I think that we're going to see an entirely different kind of approach with these particular four players on the field because all of them can make plays. I mean, you know, you had Travis Kelsey, um, Noah Gray, and Jody Fortson on the field, and it was Blake Bell who caught right. the touchdown pass. So, because. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I think this is going to be real interesting to see what the Chiefs do, uh, and I think that play on Friday night was an example of the kind of things they're thinking about right now. This was an article I wrote after that game on Friday night, the idea of 14 personnel, which is running one running back and four tight ends on the field at the same time, 11 plays in the entire NFL last year during the regular season. So this is not a personnel that is used a lot. And when Andy Reid sees something that is not used right. a lot, guess yeah. what? That's the yeah. toy that he wants to bring to the table. And yeah. he finally gets to do it. And Mahomes noted it in his postgame press conference and was beaming. I mean, this guy... Yeah. He's Mr. Cool, <laughs> but he's a nerd when it comes to like the X's and O's of football. You could tell that he's digging this 14 personnel that the Chiefs can now do. And the great part about it, and I think especially with Kelsey, Fortson, and Gray, and ironically, Bell to a lesser extent, these guys can catch the football like receivers. And I think that is what makes this so exciting. Like, imagine having the speed of Tyree killing McCole Hardman on your team. And you're like, no, you guys stay on the sideline. Uh, we are good. We don't. <laughs> We're all right right now. We're going to go. Well, you don't need guys. players. You don't need that speed when you're down on the 10 yard well, line and you want to pass the and, ball. And the thing is, know? these so, are big dudes who can catch. Right. So, right. Right. This is this is, this is the Andy Reid bread and butter. You see this right. personnel. And for the first two two games and two times they show the look, they pass for a touchdown. Now mm -hmm. you get to the third game. The team sees the same look. They're ready for it. And then all of a sudden, it's a, a bruising run where they hand it up to Clyde. And there's a gaping hole for mini old Clyde to just skate through. And, and that's right. where the beauty, I think, of having the four tight ends.
After uh, all, the analysts call one, even one, two, or one, three personnel as heavy formations. So what's a one, four personnel? Sumo. Now we're talking about a really sumo. heavy formation. Yeah, sumo. Yeah. Speaking of sumos, let's move on to the offensive line, John. The Chiefs end up keeping 10 uh, of these big fellows. We know about Orlando Brown Jr., Joe Tooney, Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith, Lucas and Yang, the three rookies along the offensive line. Uh, then we go to what will be the reserves. We have Austin Blythe, Andrew Wiley, Mike Remmers, Nick Allegretti, and LDT. As I wrote in the review right now at AP, we're still waiting on injury updates. A little bit clear picture as to when Blythe and LDT will be back in the mix. I know that there have been trade rumors circulating around LDT. He does have the no trade clause, so anything that happens in that regard, he would have to approve. But you have a backup center in Austin Blythe. Austin, Nick Allegretti also plays a little bit of center. You have swing tackles in Andrew Wiley and Mike Remmers. You know, ideally... <laughs> I don't, I don't know if it's ideal, but ideally Wiley would be that left tackle for you. Uh, Remmer's on the other side, but both can play both. And then you have Allegretti and LDT who can play the guard positions. Andrew Wiley has bounced around really everything but center. Same thing for Mike Remmer's. So the name of the game when it comes to the depth of the offensive line is versatility. And I think this Chiefs team has versatility really at each and every position. I just named two players for each position along the line where if a guy misses a game or two or you get down to a little bit of your depth in the Super Bowl it is not drastic and you have players to back them up. I like the depth on this team. And I think a name to watch, uh, as I mentioned here, is Prince Tego Inogo. I think this is someone that they're going to want to retain on the practice squad or hopefully gets through waivers. And as you were saying, if someone goes on IR, they can bring him up into that room. Right. Uh, and, you know, you even mentioned, forgot to mention one of the, the backup Could've, qualities, one of those players, a Blythe, has played more guard than he's played right. center That's in the point. NFL. And so you've got two guys in Allegretti and, and Blythe who have experience at both of those positions, plus LDT. I mean, there is quite a lot of, of play anywhere along the line on the reserves that the Chiefs have for this year. And let's hope we never get to the point that we've got five reserves on the line like we did last year. But what we learned last year is that it can happen. And I think that, uh, you know, we've got a much better starting group now and still have solid depth behind them. So as long as we have a little bit better injury history, we should be we should be good. Yeah. And I mentioned how excited Patrick Mahomes is about the offensive line, or I should say the tight end room. Just as excited about the offensive line, one of the things he was beaming about and almost bragging about at the press conference the other night was the idea that he barely got touched in the game. And I just think the line is as good, if not the best line that he's had since becoming a starter since 2018. And this is still just months and months after the, the Super Bowl. So a credit to the room where there were some tough decisions. And even last night, you saw you see Durant being traded for draft compensation. Like that's mm -hmm. worth something. Being yeah. able to make a mm -hmm. pick in the in the seventh seventh round is worth something. I know it's just a seventh rounder, but that's the idea of maybe not letting a player toward the end of the day um, get to undrafted free agency. And you see a number of undrafted free agents that made the fifty three man roster today. So that stuff. Uh, I think really does matter. And to get value out of that, Yazir Durant was clearly a player that they were going to end up waiving. There you go. I mean, it just goes to show the amount of depth that this team was able to build this offseason. Well, anytime you can get more than your investment back for a player and you've gotten some some snaps out of them along the way, that's a win for any GM. And uh, so that's exactly what's happened here. And I'd, I'd also make this note that, yes, you don't generally get a player in the seventh round that's going to be uh, a significant addition to your squad. 
But those seventh round picks can sometimes make the difference between getting a fourth round pick or a fifth versus a fifth round pick. If you're making some kind of a trade, that's what those picks are most valuable for is wheeling and dealing on draft day in order to improve your, your draft position. And that's why I think Brett Veach likes to have a lot of those picks so that he can make those kinds of choices on draft day and, 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 you know, roll with the flow of what happens. If you're watching live, stay right here. If you're listening on the podcast network, sorry, but we're going to be right back right here on the Arrowhead Pride Editor Show. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Back here on the Arrowhead Pride Editor Show, as we break down this 53-man roster, we went through the offensive positions. Now we will go to the defensive positions, starting with defensive tackles. It's Derek Noddy, Jaron Reed, Turk Wharton, Colin Saunders. One of the notes that I put in the initial 53-man roster on the website is this is suddenly a very competitive room. Mm-hmm. Chris, Chris Jones with the defensive ends. We know he will be in that mix as well, especially on third down. But Derek Noddy, he was healthy the other night. He didn't come in until the second half of the game. You saw Jaron Reed and Colin Saunders, Saunders mixing with Turk Wharton. And I'll be very clear here, and this isn't a fullback situation. This is just what I was thinking and, and saw based upon last year. I had Colin Saunders on the outside looking in. I called him maybe the number 53 or 54th player on this team in my initial projection going into the year. And that has completely changed. He is now vying, I think, for top team starts. And one of the things he said at the press conference in his most recent press conference is, look, we don't want any drop off. When we come in behind Derek Nottie and Jaron Reed, me and Turk look at one another and we say, we don't want it to look any different. And I think the staff has noticed. The staff has definitely noticed, as Brendan Daly told Steve Spagnuolo that, who related to the media about Colin Saunders really putting games together. And so you see this group. It's only four players uh, again, Chris Jones included a little bit as that hybrid, really, really one of the stronger groups suddenly, I think, on the entire defense. Well, this is something that Andy Reid repeatedly said last year uh, while Colin Saunders was being placed on the inactive lifts for all those games. He'd been injured, and he got injured exactly at the wrong time when there was a player coming up, Tershawn Wharton, who was going to uh, take his snaps away from him if he didn't get back onto the field. That ended up being what happened, and Reed said several times, look, this is a good player that we have here. It's just not gone his way this season. Uh, You know, he had the misfortune to get hurt while there was a player ascending in that same position. And uh, so it's 
I don't think you have to apologize for for putting Colin Saunders on that list because that's what it looked like. But, you know, Andy Reid and the rest of the coaches understood that in Colin Saunders, they had a player that they could use and uh, and that he could be effective in their scheme. So they've given him that opportunity and he's shown that now that he's back from injury um, and he's got the room to move around a little bit uh, with, you know, other other movement that's taken place on the line, particularly with Trish Jones. If he's not on the inside as much, that's more opportunity for, for Saunders to get in there. So um, in a way, this isn't a surprise. And in a way, it is a surprise. It's kind of interesting how it played out. Yeah, and kudos again to Brett Veach. We talk about the offensive line and it being rebuilt. Trick Wharton was an undrafted free agent at a Missouri S&T. And he looks like a player who can play in the league for a really yeah. long time because yeah. of the way he's built and knock on wood and staying durable and whatnot. So Trick Wharton uh, is a player that we shouldn't forget as, as well. Let's move on to defensive ends. It's Chris Jones, Frank Clark, Michael Dana, Alex Okafor, and Josh Kando. Uh, I don't think a ton of uh, surprises here. I will say I thought Tim Ward, based upon the sacks in the preseason, would be on this team. I got to th- think he might be in the mix as they make moves mm-hmm. in the next couple of days to find his way somehow on the active roster. He registered three sacks in the preseason, but uh, the rest of it somewhat easy to predict. Alex Okafor provides you a veteran there who I know the chiefs have really liked. He just needs to stay healthy. Hasn't been able to at all really since joining the chiefs. And I think it's been disappointing in that sense. Chris Jones looks like one of the best defensive players in the league. And I have already said on a number of, of shows and whatnot that he's going to break the sack record. I'm not taking it back. I think he's going to, I think he's going to be in the mix there uh, to push for 20 sacks. And we'll see if he can get lucky toward the end there and maybe have a couple, three or four sack games and, and push for that. Frank Clark, uh, no other way to say it. He's been a ghost this preseason and training camp with the injury. We know about the off the field situation. We'll see how that thing plays out. Uh, if at all, I, I think one of the good points you noted this off season, John, is we may not get into definitiveness on that until maybe as, long as next season so we'll see mike dana looks like a different player i think he's taking a significant step um forward based upon my training camp look so not as rock solid in my mind because there's a couple questions there with clark and kando being so raw uh, not as rock solid as the defensive tackle room but given that you have chris jones who may be among the defensive player of the year candidates i think it's a solid room this defensive end group five kept on the chiefs 53 men roster well, I guarantee if you went into a bar right now and started a conversation with a Chiefs fan about the defensive ends that are on the initial 53-man roster, they would say, why would they keep Alex Okafor? He's just going to get hurt. Well, <laughs> right. and that's the chance that Tim Ward is going to have. Right. Uh, you know, they've invested some some uh, some capital in him. Uh, yeah, he was an undrafted free agent, but he they've had him on the squad for a couple of years now. They've spent time coaching him. Uh, making room for him in their program. And they want to see something out of a player like that. So I don't think they're going to lightly move away from a guy like Tim Ward. And he did show us a lot in the preseason. So he is a guy that I think we're going to see in the event there's an injury on the line. And a lot of folks would think that's going to be Okafor first. Of course, we don't know. He could end up playing 17 games for all we for all we know. But there's a pretty good chance that one of those players is going to get hurt over the course of the season. And I think that's when we're going to see Tim Ward get his opportunity. I think he's going to be on the practice squad. And if he's not, he's going to be on his couch someplace, and the Chiefs would be more than happy to bring him back. 
Yeah, I just think we just saw too much from Tim Ward to think mm -hmm. that we've seen yeah. the last of him, at least in the league. Maybe in Kansas City for one reason or another, but at least in the league. All right, let's move on to the linebacker position. It gets a little complicated here because we don't know the status of Willie Gay Jr. Andy mm -hmm. Reid revealed today that he is dealing with a toe injury. Some have said out there in the Twitter sphere, if you want to call it that, that it could be turf toe, which is a very mysterious injury that can be anywhere between like one and the whole year in a sense. So it's just such a range when it comes to that particular injury. Anthony Hitchens makes his team, Nick Bolton, Ben Neiman, Darius Harris, and then Dorian O'Daniel to me, it's almost not even considered a linebacker. He had nine defensive snaps in the 11 games he played last year. He is just strictly the special teamer. Think Frank Zombo back in the day where <laughs> this is one of the Dave Tobe keeps, right? Mm -hmm. uh, that's Dorian O'Daniel. So you're really looking at a room of gay uh, Hitchens, Bolton, Ben Neiman, and Harris. And I hate to say this, if Gay's injured for the first few weeks, uh, Chiefs fans are not going to like it, but it's going to be a lot of Hitchens and Ben Neiman with a little sprinkling, I think, in of uh, uh, Nick Bolton. Yeah, I mean, that's the the one positive for the for the fans who will be upset by Neiman is that uh, at least we'll see a little more of Bolton. Fans always love to see uh, the second-round draft pick get some snaps, just just like we saw last year with, with Willie Gay Jr., so uh, I, I, that'll be a positive for the fans. But yeah, uh, Neiman is not a popular figure among the vocal Chiefs fans. And uh, even though the Chiefs like him as a player, uh, and that's often the problem uh, in between the fans' perspective and the coach's perspective. But as I've said before on this show, uh, the thing to remember about Steve Spagnuolo is that he runs a defense where you have to think as well as hit. And you have to be smart as well as be fast. And sometimes yeah. those qualities uh, are more important. Those, the being smart and uh, being intelligent uh, is sometimes more important to Spagnolo, especially among the linebackers at the second level. If this defensive line can stay healthy, though, I just yeah. think that this interior plus Chris Jones is going to yeah. make every level look a lot better. Yeah, I, I don't I think you're going to be having. Yeah, yeah, I don't think you're going to having be having a ton of moments where you're you're calling out number fifty six, um, and, and saying what's going on. Darius Harris, I think, deserves it. He popped a few times for me when I was at yeah. camp. I thought he popped a few times in the preseason, so not a shocker to me that he made it. It's a different name um, than you have seen, uh, and so. Um, again, I think Harris has a chance to emerge, probably a lesser known name in that room who can emerge as an impact player for the Chiefs. Let's he played very well last year, wasn't it? There, there, it wasn't just the week 17 game, wasn't he? Didn't he play against New Orleans when both Hitchens and and they were uh, down to Wilson were out the end yeah. of the linebacker room. And yeah, and, yeah, there yeah. were some signs. There were some signs, but I just thought, especially this preseason, he had some moments where I said, yeah. okay, yeah, I could see him making the roster. So they end up yeah. keeping Darius Harris. Don't forget. He was that red shirt with Tim Ward in the 19th yeah. season. They kept mm -hmm. him around, finally got an off season where he could be on the field and now makes the 53 man roster. Let's go to the cornerback position. The chiefs ended up keeping six. Uh, Legereus Snee, Traverius Ward, Mike Hughes are your starters in the nickel. Rashad Fenton, DeAndre Baker. And then Chris Lamons had an interesting day. He <laughs> was told that he was cut. That got to his agent who told Mike Garofolo of NFL Network. Mike Garofolo of NFL Network tweeted it. We put it on our tracker. And as far as we knew, he was dead to us. But he, <laughs> he rose from the dead. We talked about wrestling before like The Undertaker. He rose up and he is back on the roster he made the 53 he played 
both outside positions during the preseason for the Chiefs and showed enough to uh, apparently make the roster with the special teams work. He is uh, the depth there. The cut here is Bo P. Keys. We talked about seventh round picks. The yeah. former seventh rounder for the Chiefs is uh, now cut. Uh, we think he probably is a candidate for what would be the 16-man practice squad. But yeah. Sneed, Ward, Hughes, Fenton, Baker, and Lamons. Uh, I think the big impact player who maybe uh, came out of left field a bit for us this year was Hughes. When the Chiefs acquired him, there was a, some excitement there. He could play inside and outside, but I don't know if any of us thought that he would supplant Baker in what we thought to be Baker's job to lose. And it does seem, going into week one, that Hughes will be in that position. Yeah, it sure does. And he's looked he's looked good out there in the secondary, but he's also been a special teams contributor, uh, which is what the Chiefs love to see. That always strengthens your case to make a Chiefs team is if you can, you can contribute in special teams. And he uh, did a nice job as a punt returner. You know, it's always interesting to me. A lot of teams uh, have defensive backs returning punts and kicks, but the Chiefs tend to de- depend more on wide receivers yeah. than they do on defensive players uh, for return duties. So I thought it was interesting to see them use a guy like Mike Hughes, but uh, he did a nice job in the preseason, so, so that helped him there. I have a theory on this, and, and please don't kill me here if you're watching on the live, if you're listening on the podcast, please. <laughs> I know that McCole Hardman is faster and probably more dangerous than Hughes as a returner, but I saw Hughes in this preseason returning, and he just looked a little bit more comfortable slash polished in a way like there are some when i think hardman he just doesn't look as comfortable as you might want returning a- and i think hughes looked polished and what confuses me is i really like byron pringle in that kick returning position but i think mike hughes might be the best kick returner on the club and so who knows is byron pringle Pringle's role potentially gets bigger in the offense. We do need to see somebody replace Sammy Watkins on a full-time basis. Maybe Hughes gets more opportunities. Uh, Dave Tobe, in a sense, I think sometimes as well, he will ride the hot hand a bit. So mm-hmm. Pringle yeah. might start the year there. And if it's not working, I think Hughes may get an opportunity and maybe Hughes uh, goes off. And then all of a sudden he's getting more opportunities there. There's a lot of mixing and matching. Uh, Dave Tobe is, is kind of like the mad scientist of the three coordinators. <laughs> he really will try different things. Uh, so I appreciate that. The other two, uh, which would be Andy Reid slash Eric Bieniemy, and then uh, Steve Spagnolo, they're a little bit more regimented. But uh, Dave Tobe will, will throw whatever out there. Sometimes uh, it surprises you during games. Yeah, well, and that's part of the reason he's been successful is that he's able to uh, surprise teams uh, when he throws you know weird looks at them and, and whatever. So, uh, but I'm, I'm glad to see him going outside of his normal routine to put a defensive back in there in that situation. And, and it certainly seems to have paid off in this case. All right, let's move on to our final position group. And that is the safeties on this team. Not a lot of surprises here either. It's Tyron Matthew, Daniel Sorensen, Juan Thornhill, and Armani Watts. Devin Key had been a popular name at the beginning of camp. It seems like the Chiefs want him on the practice squad if he makes it through as he should again it, there are a lot of these players as much as we like them in kansas city are will make it through it'll be surprising if some of these guys get claimed but tired matthew daniel Sorensen, and juan thornhill pretty obvious at this point 
I had noted that Sorensen has graduated from being a popular cut at this point in what has been <laughs> eight years of an undrafted yeah. career, which is very, mm-hmm. very impressive. Uh, maybe we yeah. don't say that enough. I call him divisional Dan because that's always his biggest game of the year. <laughs> and then Armani Watts uh, was the special teams leader when it came to snaps uh, last year. So that is another Dave Tobe keeper, just like Dorino Daniel was. Um, and then in the preseason, he had a couple interceptions. Who would have, who would have foreseen he that? He did. He you did. Know? And, and look, you got to catch the football, but those both of them were right in his chest. Oh, of course. Yeah. Of but course. you're right. How many times do we see the defensive back where it hits them in the chest and it bounces off onto the right. ground? So, right. And there. he's da- he's down on his hands and knees pounding the ground. It's like, how did I let that go? Well, doing some Watts shups. didn't do that. Yeah. Doing some shups. Yeah. I yeah. think I think on an everyday basis, we as a society should do push-ups as punishment if we do something wrong at the workplace. Um, just like they okay. do on the on the field. If they drop interceptions, uh, they're down there doing shups. If we mess up something, if we have a typo, a grammatical error, uh, 10 shups, and maybe uh, you won't make it next time. Do you anticipate making this a policy here uh, within our office? No, take that off the record. Um, oh, okay. That'll be a very, right. that'll be okay, a very loose and unofficial. Because otherwise I'm going to have to ask where the resignations go. No, unofficial maybe... capacity. <laughs> okay, all right. About Just checking. The first rule of shups is we don't talk about shups. Um, <laughs> our specialist just to this was a no-brainer here yeah. there was an incident with james winchester at the beginning of camp where he had covid where there was a, a reserve long snapper in for a few days but um no question there were no other real competition there it, it really was just that we thought maybe who know who knows if if struggles continued with harrison butker that they would potentially bring in a kicker let me tell you something um the Chiefs don't have it that bad. There are these occasional hiccups, but the Detroit Lions, John, I don't know if you know this, they had a kicker battle going on. They didn't like either kicker, so they cut yeah. them both today. Yeah, I saw so that. The Chiefs are yeah. okay with Harrison Butker. I think maybe we should uh, give him a little bit of a break. Uh, and if until... you want to make a big deal about uh, Cornell Powell being cut, there was a team today that cut a guy who was like the 118th player drafted that they'd given up two or three picks to move into that spot. You yeah. know, the Chiefs didn't do that today. Yes. You know, and and Cornell Powell may end up being a productive player for the team. So, uh, yeah, we could be a lot worse off than uh, having something like that. Well, John, we have done it. We have gotten through every position yep. group of the initial 53 man roster. John, you made a great point on both the website and on this podcast. This is going to change. It's going to change yeah. for the next two, three days. It's going to change as the season goes on. The COVID rules have carried over. There are call ups again and whatnot. And. And you just got to stay tuned. So we'll keep you updated on the roster changes at arrowheadpride.com. Once the waivers go through, the releases go through, there will be a period where teams are exchanging. You know that Brett Veach has his eyes on those former first and second round picks that he may want to pick up. (laughs) So who knows what happens um, when that maybe takes place. So we'll keep you updated at arrowheadpride.com. Make sure you bookmark us if you're listening on the podcast channel. Of course, please rate and review us. Thank you if you joined us live. We appreciate it. We're going to try to be doing more live things when the days call it, uh, when the day calls for it. And so um, I hope I'm happy that you joined us if you did so live. Um, for John Dixon, I'm Pete Sweeney. Thank you for joining this very live edition of the Arrowhead Pride Editor Show. <laughs>